Oh, so glad that Josh is on vacation, and now I'm finally have a chance to talk. But if only I had someone interesting to talk to. How about me? Perfect. Welcome to Nothing to Say with Josh and Drew. Minus Josh. Minus Josh. Plus Plus Drew. a Drew. <laughs> yeah, Josh is on vacation. He is in Canada. And... Where's that? It's, uh, it's, it's up north. Uh, I don't know, about an hour north of New York, something like that. Where? What's New York? Uh, it's like old York, but it's a lot newer. Oh, Cool. Yeah. Got it. So Josh is gone. He's on vacation and I am here pressing on with the show, uh, but I'm not going to have a giant monologue. So instead I brought in my favorite other Drew and it's the other Drew. Hey, how's it going, man? It's going awesome. Just got back in town this morning. From where? Uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Columbia. Yes. I had to think for a second. I was like, wait, Columbus? No, that's Ohio. And uh, did you have a good time? Yeah, it was cool. Played a show. It was my first show in like six months. And uh, I definitely panic crammed all of my practicing within like four days of the show. But isn't it isn't it great how, you know, like real deadlines give you inspiration that you never had before? Oh, for sure. Well, <laughs> what was funny was I was kind of having this like inner panic about the show for like two weeks beforehand. And I knew that I was going to wait to the last minute. Yeah. And I knew that I was going to cram and I knew it was going to be fine. (laughs) I knew that (laughs) that whole timeline going in. Yeah. And it was like, it it worked out great actually. So So, what's, uh, what's going on in music these days? Well, yeah, let's 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 talk about music since, since I got my musician buddy here. Did you watch the Grammys? No, actually. Did you? I did not either. Oh. Yeah, just like award shows in general just don't really interest me. It's just a bunch of already successful people patting themselves on the back. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. really interest me to watch. Like I'm 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 always curious of the results. Yeah. But I have no interest in sitting there watching people. And especially with musicians, like musicians are the worst. Whenever I'm watching like late night TV, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, any of the Jimmies. <laughs> Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's. Eating Jimmy John's, watching the Jimmys. When like actresses and actors come on the show, they look like normal, successful human beings. Mm-hmm. Whenever musicians come on the show, especially pop musicians, they look they look like circus clowns. Mm. Like they have to peacock so much to maintain. I don't I don't know what 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 the reasoning is. I don't know why you have to look like cutting edge with fashion mm. when you're a musician. I mean, if you're famous, you're famous. Like what difference does it make whether you're an actor or a musician? Like why do you have to be peacocking all the time? Yeah. So watching the Grammys watching is watching a big peacock fest. Mm. Very true. Very true. I'm just, I'm not a fan of top 40 music in general. And yeah. the only category I would ever care about would be like the rock or metal category. Mm-hmm. And, 
I didn't even pay attention to that this year. Yeah, pop music now, I, I just, I can barely listen to. Same. Yeah, it's just not good to me, but hey, to each your own, you know, I, these people are still wildly successful, more successful than I am, so I give them props, and I got I got respect for them. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I just have no interest in listening to them. But, I, but I'm still interested in, like, what the winner, who the winners were and whatnot. So I would like to talk about a couple things real quick. Since you mentioned Top 40, I found this out recently. I didn't realize how massive the audience for radio still is. Like, the number one song in America right now. Mm-hmm. How many weekly listeners do you think that song is reaching? Can you be more specific with that question? The most played song in America. On terrestrial radio? On, ter- on FM radio, yeah. Okay. Terrestrial radio. How many listeners every week do you think that song is hitting? Um, 10 million? Between 70 and 80 million. Really? Yep. There's That's amazing. How many, how many people are there in America? 350 million. So pfft, that's what, like what percentage of the population is that? 350 million. Does that include like children? Uh, I think so. Okay. So then <laughs> it's like 20%. Eight, um, yeah, it's like 20%. Yeah. Something like that. Blows my mind. I mean, I think it's, it's impressive that it's still going that strong. I mean, I don't, I don't listen to it currently. Oh, I don't either. But. Did you see who won Best Rock Album? No, actually. Okay, well, I can tell, tell you. Tell me who the nominees were, and then I'll see if I can uh, guess. Okay, yeah, here we go. Here, here's a segment. Let's see if Drew can guess the winner. <laughs> Behind door number three. <laughs> yes. Okay, Best Rock Performance. Arctic Monkeys, Chris Cornell, The Fever... 333. 333. Uh, Greta Van Fleet, Hailstorm. Ooh. Oh, man. Best rock performance. It's either going to be Greta Van Fleet or Chris Cornell. Okay. If I had to choose between the two. Who do you think won? Chris Cornell. That is correct. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he died. So it's like, of course, they're going to give it to him. Yeah, true. You know, true. Okay. Best rock album. Okay. Allison Chains. Fall Out Boy. Oh, God. Ghost. Greta Van Fleet, Weezer. Oh, man. Okay. Those five. I think Ghost should have won, but they didn't. And I think Greta Van Fleet won. That is correct. Hey! (laughs) He is two for two. Okay. And the reason is because Greta Van Fleet sounds exactly like Led Zeppelin. And it's all a bunch of old dudes that are voting on this thing. So they're like, oh, yeah. I don't even know how they pick these things, but, you know, I guess there's committees of professionals. Yeah. Yeah, there are people who vote. Like the dude who produced my old band's record, he votes on the committee. That's pretty cool. And he's awesome. Like I respect his taste. So, yeah. but it's weird. You know, it's weird looking at this. So they have rock, mm-hmm. they have alternative, and they have metal. Oh, okay. Those what? are the three like guitar rock ish categories. What's alternative? Who are the nominees for that? Uh, so that that was best alternative music album. Okay, that's what they had for that. That was Arctic Monkeys, Beck, Bjork. David Byrne and St. Vincent. Okay, I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard this already. I think Beck won. Yes, that's, yeah. that's right. Yeah, and Beck is just like a Grammy darling. Like, he wins every year. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I think I've listened to Beck like once or twice. I remember not liking it. Never listened again. Yeah, Beck has one song that I really like, but I just randomly heard it in a coffee is, shop. Is Beck the same as Jeff Beck? No. Those are That's two different things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, Beck is this like 
really talented multi-instrumentalist Scientologist. Um, <laughs> not really, you know, relevant, but, uh, and Jeff Beck is a guitar player. Okay. Yeah. I think he's, I don't actually know a lot about Jeff Beck, but a lot of old school guitar players really like him. So. Gotcha. So yeah, the, uh, the general field, Childish Gambino, he was sweeping it. Him and then Casey Musgraves were winning a lot of awards. It was, it was their night. Gotcha. For the most part. Yeah, album of the year was Casey Musgraves. Song of the year, This Is America. Mm. Uh, record of the year, This Is America. Music video, This Is America. Not surprising. And interestingly enough, I had not seen This Is America or heard This Is America. You know, it was so popular when it came out and it was it was just like viral. You know, it was so controversial, I guess. Oh, yeah. It was everywhere. And I never listened to it, I guess, because him dancing so weird i saw so many memes of like him dancing all weird yeah and it just made me uncomfortable to watch so i just yeah you know it's funny watch it so like you know i watched it recently and i felt uncomfortable but i don't really know why i don't really know what it was i don't think the shirtlessness was necessary (laughs) or contributed to any anything i guess it was for him to really show off his slinkiness i guess yeah I i have no idea i don't I don't know why the shirtlessness was necessary. So I think maybe that's part of what made me uncomfortable. Like, you know, just dudes without their shirt on for no reason certainly doesn't, it's like it becomes a distraction, you know? I just, it made me uncomfortable because, I don't know, I just felt like his anger was palpable. Like I felt it. It was just uncomfortable. I don't know. What do you mean it was palpable, his anger? Was he angry? He seemed angry. Yeah. I mean, because the song... You know, it's, it's like a social critique of America. And, you know, there's like a lot of imagery in it. Yeah, there's definitely um, a lot of Im- imagery. You know, and like shooting up the choir and stuff. And mm-hmm. there was that church, that black church where all those people got killed. You know, and the faces he was making, it just, I don't know. I thought it was very expressive. I will credit where credit is due. It was very expressive. And I think that's because he's also an actor. I thought you were going to say, <laughs> I think that's because he had his shirt off. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. I think, I think because he's an actor, I yeah. think that gives him an advantage for music videos because he knows how to say with his face what he's not saying with his words, you know? Definitely. And it was also, um, there was just such a weird mix of feelings because, you know, a lot of the melodies, like with the choir and stuff, was really pretty, yeah. really rhythmic and nice. But then when he was rapping, the production was like just hard hitting and the faces he was making were kind of comical, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was just like this crazy mix. I thought it was just a really, really good piece of art, to be honest. Yes, I do. I I can agree with that. I think it was very artistic. But my overall opinion about music is that I don't think music should be art. Elaborate. I've always subscribe to the idea that music is entertainment to me music music's function is to be entertainment and not art i can't separate the two because you can't separate the two what do no you mean? because i think the best music ever created is both there's plenty of music out there that's entertaining but is terrible music like kesha's music her performances were they were entertainment. They weren't art, you know, in my opinion. I don't think for something to be entertaining, 
I mean, it doesn't have to be good. There's plenty of bad entertainment. But I think if if the idea is still to entertain, if that's the purpose of it, I think that is music doing what it's supposed to be doing. Mm. Like, I, and I know that this is a controversial opinion, but I just think I think when music is written for artistic purposes, I think that's when it loses what makes music good. I think it can. Like, a lot of music that I loathe is artsy bullshit. (laughs) I hate it. I actually don't think that it's, I don't think it's art or music. I think it's uh, masturbation. (laughs) But, I don't know. Like, Michael Jackson is one of my favorite artists. Yeah. Artists. (laughs) Yeah. Ever. And, I don't know. I just think using entertainment as the goal of music or the purpose of music uh, I think it cheapens it like when I listen to Michael Jackson of course there's entertainment there's escapism there's imagery but at the same time it's a beautiful work of art but I don't think it was written I don't think Michael Jackson ever had the intention of being artistic when in his music I think he wrote it for it to be enjoyed by millions. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, enjoyment, people can make art for enjoyment, but but I think his purpose was this is going to be, every, this is going to entertain people's ears. Like, this mm-hmm. is going to please people's ears. And to me, like, that is a idea of entertainment. That is not, like, high art. What is high art? Because I think high art is bullshit. Like what I consider high art. Like when I was in Israel, I went to the Modern Art Museum. Yeah. And it was bullshit. Like <laughs> there were just so many nonsense exhibits of things. Like there was there was one exhibit and it was just a room with a chair in the middle of it and a whole bunch of fans. <laughs> and that, that was <laughs> a whole bunch of fans blowing. Yeah. And like like God knows how much this museum like paid this artist to set up this exhibit. Right. And it's just, it's total nonsense. Yeah. So. I agree. Uh, but that to me is an art. That's not art. Well, it's not, it's not art to you, but it is art. And its purpose is to be artistic. Like you recognize that this is, was created to be art. If your definition of the word art is something that has been created that there is no standard against which it is measured. Like, good art exists, and bad art exists. Of course. And good music is good art. That's how I feel. Yeah. I'm sure that, in my mind, it makes sense. But when I convey it out, maybe it just doesn't make sense. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. And I think a lot of today's music... Is neither art is nor neither entertaining. Art nor entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, since we're having a music full episode, uh, I wanted to bring up some music news and let you know what's uh, what's happening in the music industry. Are you familiar with Ryan Adams? Yes. He has one song that I really like. Well, multiple women are now accusing him of sexual misconduct, misconduct and emotional manipulation. Oof. Emotional oh manipulation. He used to be married to Mandy Moore. Interesting. 
Yeah. Man, I still have a crush on her. Oh, yeah. She's beautiful. <laughs> She's a babe. She's beautiful. Are there any details? Just, you know, him being inappropriate with women who might have been a little underaged. Mm. Him just pursuing pursuing sex with, you know, people he's been working with. Mm. Man. It never ends. It never ends. <laughs> it never ends. It's cra- And here's the thing. With the whole sexual assault, Me Too movement, whatever you want to call it, there are a lot of really, really shitty people out there. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think that there might be some people whose actions in the past are being looked at through a 2019 lens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so my thought was, well, hey, this guy's like a rock star. Maybe 20 or 30 years ago, what he had done while still wrong was just kind of what rock stars did back then sure, kind of thing maybe, you know? yeah but emotional manipulation is there was never a time <laughs> when that was okay yeah yeah and like you know what you're doing like that's true like so when you said emotional manipulation i was like oh fuck this guy because if in the 80s like you were in a hair metal band you could do anything like sexually yeah, and it was yeah, just yeah. like whatever yeah but if you were emotionally manipulative at any point in time you are a shitbag yeah no doubt so no doubt yeah because you you have to know what you're doing you don't you don't accidentally emotionally manipulate someone exactly yeah (laughs) i didn't know i was doing that to you yeah (laughs) sorry so um the next thing that i see is that so uh our president sent out a tweet now my president and used rem's everybody hurts and obviously rem was not thrilled that's hilarious and then they (laughs) they made him pull that down and i'm sure the president's not happy and then i'm sure the president's fans are now no longer fans of rem i don't see them interlapping overlapping (laughs) intersecting at all in the first place i think i don't know why i think that's so funny because like I don't know. R.E.M. is just like the wussiest band of all time. Like, <laughs> What was one of their songs? I don't even... Know. Everybody Hurts. Do you know that one? Yeah, yeah. So like... Oh, yeah. You know? And Losing My Religion. Oh, yeah. He, I don't like the singer. His voice is like really weird. I kind of like his voice, actually. Okay, well, we disagree. Well, well I don't like his voice in Everybody Hurts. But also, It's the End of the World as We Know It. That song is awesome. Oh, that's a great song. Yeah, really good oh, song. Okay. Yeah, I like that one. Um, yeah. Independence Day. So what did you want to talk about? So I have a question for you. What do Imagine Dragons, the 1975 American authors, Portugal the Man, Fitz and the Tantrums, and Mark Ronson all have in common? Well, I would say that they are all rock bands. Is that right? Is that a good start? No. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. What do they have in common? I imagine that some of their hits are all written by the same people. No. Okay. Then I'll give I you g- one more guess. All right. They are all Canadian. No. Okay, I give up. So all of these groups have been featured on the FIFA soundtrack, like the the video game. And they were all featured on this soundtrack before they broke, before they blew up massively. Really? Yes. FIFA has like a track record of breaking so many artists. So... The video uh, game. 
Yeah. It's a game played by people all over the world. Soccer is the biggest sport in the world. That's true. And the audience is absolutely massive. Yeah. Another band, this band, Nothing But Thieves. They're this really cool British rock band. And they're probably one of the biggest bands to come out of the UK in the last five years. I remember I was playing a song of theirs to my roommate. And he's like, oh, God, I've heard this song so many times in FIFA. And I was like, really? That's crazy. And yeah, all these bands, like Imagine Dragons, probably the biggest American act right that exists right now. Yeah. The 1975 are huge, even though they're not big in America. They're massive. Are they not big in America? I thought they were. I thought like Taylor Swift made that her little project to break them. I mean, they're successful in America, but like they don't get any radio airplay really, except yeah. for on small alternative stations. Okay. And, yeah, you know, fair enough. Like they have a really big like online fan base, but they're not, I wouldn't consider them mainstream like in America. Gotcha. Okay. Um, American authors. I hate them, but they had that song. This is going to be the best day of my life. Oh, yeah. That's who that, that is. Okay. That's American authors. Okay. Um, Portugal, the man, they have that song rebel with a kickstand. Uh, I'm not going to be able to sing this. No, I'm a rebel with a kickstand. Oh, I know that one. Yeah. And Portugal, the man was on the FIFA soundtrack years ago. Not with that song, but all of these bands that are blowing up now. I mean, Mark Ronson, Uptown Funk, and he was on the FIFA soundtrack years ago. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So what you're saying is that if if we were to start a band, we need to get on the FIFA soundtrack immediately. Yeah. If your band is on the FIFA soundtrack, you're you, going to be big. Yeah. Like my roommate has a friend whose band was on the FIFA soundtrack. And he said that that was invaluable. Like without that, they would be practically nowhere. And wow. Yeah. And it's funny because this band isn't a band that I've, I think I've heard of them before, but they're not like a, a household name, but because of FIFA that they have a song that's known all over the world. And if you look up that song on YouTube, most of the comments will say FIFA brought me here. Really? Yeah. That's that's really interesting. Yeah. So it's it's just crazy to me how you know, thinking about terrestrial radio, I mean it reaches still probably more people than FIFA, but there are ways to grow your audience as a musician that are kind of unconventional. People have been breaking from video games for a long time. Sure. But FIFA just has like a track record of it, you know? Like Plenty of bands will get in NHL 2K 13 or whatever, but like that's not that's not really going to do anything. Yeah, you know, you'd be huge in Canada. Yeah, yeah. But FIFA, it's and also the the soundtrack is really eclectic. I mean, it's an international audience. So yeah. uh, my roommate plays NBA 2K 19, and it's all trap. It's all hip hop. Sure, Travis Scott put together the soundtrack. Okay. So so it's like super one dimensional. And will probably be dated in a couple years. Right. But the FIFA soundtrack every year is just really diverse and really cool songs in different languages. And yeah, I had no idea. That, but is, that is really cool. Yeah. So what are you listening to nowadays? What are you listening to? What's on your... That is a good question. What's on your Spotify? Let me look that up. On my Spotify playlist right now... Um, my most recent playlist that I started is my Metal 2019 playlist. Okay. Most recent song, 
The Hypothesis by Welcome the Darkness. Welcome the Darkness. I think that's what it is. I'll give you a little sample. <laughs> yes! I'm going to fast forward to you hear some vocals. Oh, this is a weird section. <laughs> Hang on. All right. Yeah, you get the idea. <laughs> I love it though. I love it so much. So, do you are you just listening to metal like all the time? Um, are you ever not listening to metal? Yeah, of course. Um, or Michael Jackson? Ooh, <laughs> Does no. it just go metal, metal, Michael Jackson, metal, Michael Jackson. <laughs> uh, more or less, yeah. Well, first of all, the thing that I love about metal is it's I'm very particular. Like I don't just listen to metal, you know. Right, yeah, but certain metal. It's either really melodic, which I like, or it's relaxing to me. Like <laughs> that's uh, that seems counterintuitive. I know, I know. Um, but when I used to travel with my old band on ten-hour drives in a van, I would just pick a metal song and put it on repeat and just sleep. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's weird to me because it almost it almost turns into like white noise. It just turns into like yeah, that's that is. That is absolutely you know, true. That makes like, a lot of sense now. Like here, check this out. I'll play this real quick. This is a band called Cloud Kicker. Cloud Kicker. Yeah. The song is called Dysphoria, and it came out in 2018. Or sorry, 2008. So it's more than 10 years old. Yeah. And it's basically, it's instrumental. Okay. So. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's like true. it's like white noise to me, yeah. but I love it. I listen to a lot of metal at work because otherwise, if I'm listening to like pop or rock or really anything besides metal, I really start to focus on what's going on. You know, listening to the instruments, mm. listening to the production, and I get distracted. But metal is, I don't know, it's just it's good for me for that. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. I thought like that was just like your thing. You just listen to it all the time because you just love the intensity. The machismo. <laughs> no, actually. I mean, like Five Finger Death Punch, I love their machismo because it, it's just hilarious. Mm -hmm. Like one of my favorite lines by them is, did you hear the one about me giving a shit? Because if I ever did, I don't remember it. It's like <laughs> the dumbest. It's so dumb. And it doesn't it doesn't pump me up. I'm not like, yeah, it's just hilarious. It's like pro wrestling in music form. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so. So, yeah, there's that. Um, let's see what else I have a pop 2019 playlist. Ooh, that's gotta be a rough one. Yeah. Well, it's got two songs that aren't even from 2019, but I'm, it's when I discovered it. So, oh, okay. um, and then it's got a song by the 1975, which I sent to you and you didn't like, it's called I like America and America likes me big fan, you know, bring it back up. Imagine dragons and like the 1975, a lot of these, these acts that are played on top 40 stations, in my mind, I have a hard time imagining dragons. The <laughs> I have a hard time imagining the conversations that these bands have to have of guys. How are we going to stay relevant? You know, like how are we going <sighs> to write music that stays relevant? Yeah. Because I know that that has to be a conversation. No, I don't think anyone's just like innately inspired by mo contemporary music, and then it just happens to start creeping into their own their own writing yeah. you know like there has <clears throat> to be a conscious choice 
of we need to have these kinds of elements because this is what's what people are listening to now or yeah. this is what we think people will be listening to tomorrow you know well what's interesting to me is in the case of imagine dragons um i feel like they're setting the standard like everything i hear sounds like imagine dragons to me you know really? i don't yeah like i don't feel like they're copying anybody else you think they're innovating <sighs> I think they copy themselves, <laughs> but, but I, yeah, like I think that Imagine Dragons has a sound. I don't like it at all, but it's a thing. Like here, I'll play you a song. This is not Imagine Dragons, but you, if I didn't tell you that, you would think it was. Okay. And then I'll tell you who it is. Here we go. No, this doesn't sound like Imagine Dragons. That is so it's, Imagine Dragons. It's way too up-tempo. Dude, I don't know what song it is because they all sound the same, but that that is an Imagine Dragons thing. That <laughs> That is, that's Imagine Dragons. It's, like, it's too fast, to though. To a T. They don't have songs that, I mean, none of their hits are that fast. That's a little too up-tempo. I don't listen to enough Top 40 to know what their hits even are, <laughs> but... That's fair. Like a lot of the songs that I know by but them it, aren't that but it fast. Does, it does have similarities. Like it it's definitely so is so similar. But that, but that's just what I'm talking about in general. Like not even just Imagine Dragons, but just rock acts in general that are played or try to be played on top four. You know, Fall Out Boy. Awful. You know, just <laughs> like the conversation they have to have to stay relevant. Like yeah. what they need to do to stay relevant in a world that is more and more rejecting rock. Yeah. Well, so that band, American Authors. Ah, okay. Yeah, and that's off their new record. Like, it just came out. Absolute trash. <laughs> it's Yeah, I don't get it, man. Like, I, I wonder the same thing. I mean, Maroon 5, same yeah, thing. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and it's funny because I remember before Maroon 5's newest record came out, Adam Levine was giving some interview, and he's like, you know, making hits is, is so easy. We decided to do something different. We wanted to make something a little more dark and broody. Oh, my God. Did he really say that? Yeah, he did. Oh, my God. Yeah. But that's only because dark and broody is in. That's the only reason. Right. And the fact is, they had a bunch of hits off that record. Yeah. But honestly, I don't even think that... I don't even think that they're having those thoughts consciously, necessarily. I think all they're thinking is, how do we level up? Like, yeah. they're, like they're just True. like, dude, I want to smash what we did last year. Like when when Maroon Five gave their performance, right before it started, Adam Levine got on the microphone. And he said, "This is for you." I think Jordy was the name he said. This is for you, Jordy. That was uh, their manager who died, who is Jonah Hill's brother, by the way. And I was just thinking that like it it was never about being good. It was about becoming enormous. True. And and Adam Levine. He didn't say that it, it wasn't about becoming good, but I saw in another interview where he said he's like, from day one, we want it to be enormous. Do you think do you think Maroon 5 will ever go to, to Vegas, have a Vegas residency? Like, mm. you know, some of the legacy pop acts? Wow, great question. Um, only if Adam Levine cannot stay relevant in any other way. 
Because he's, oh, so, he's on The Voice. You so know? When, he, when he loses his his TV gigs, yeah. fame. Yeah. Like, if he loses his TV gigs, he's he, if he doesn't do acting gigs, if he's not, like, Ryan Seacrest with a radio show or something, like, definitely. I think they'll do that. But I don't know. I, I don't even know. I don't know what they want. Well, how I do mean, you feel about how do you feel about the Vegas residencies? Vegas resident res- Vegas <laughs> residencies. Um I don't know. I think they're I don't know. I don't really ha- I don't really care. Like if it doesn't bother me, you know, it's like if people want to see it and they're willing to pay. I think it's great. I think it's a great idea. I think it's it just allows people to have their last moment. I think I think like that's a good way to go out. Because like people, you know, cuz like I think touring and not selling out stadiums or like having half full stadiums, I think is an awful gig. You know, I think that's embarrassing. Yeah. But I think going to Vegas having, you know, 5 to 7 shows a week, you know, and having people come to you. The only people that come see it are people that actually want to come see you. I think that is a good way to say goodbye to your music career. I think that is a very good point. I think that's like a good, respectful way of being, you know what, I am, I'm getting too old for this. I can't compete. You know, I've had my moment. This is my last hurrah. And I think that is a, a good last hurrah. I agree. Yeah. Definitely. And the reason I don't really even have an opinion on it is because the people that are doing a lot of the people that are doing Vegas residencies are acts I don't care about in the first place. Like Celine Dion. Blink did did like a a week. Really? In Vegas. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. They did did like a whole week there of playing shows. Hmm. And it was like a temporary residency. Yeah. You know, I think Guns N' Roses did that too. Really? I think. Yeah. I mean... I also think Blink-182 has, they have some more good music in them. They just need Tom to come back. No, oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you see the, the Travis Barker uh, podcast with Joe Rogan? Yeah, I did. I, I I don't think I finished it. I think I had to pause it at some point and then. Did you hear him talk about Tom? No. Oh, it was good. <laughs> okay. I need to, yeah, I need to finish that. Yeah. I did enjoy it because he's, he's actually interesting to listen to. Oh, yeah. He's such a cool guy, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. So speaking of cool guys, I think this is a good place to end. Thank you for joining me, Drew, the cool guy. It was a pleasure. Other and, Drew, uh, the cool guy. Next week, Josh will be back, and we'll be back to our normal scheduled podcast. This has been Nothing to Say with Josh and Drew, minus Josh, plus Drew. Thank you, and good night. And God bless America. This is America. Hey! Hey!